Welcome back. It's great to have your company again. This is MLEX's podcast covering the top stories in regulatory affairs with the help of our team of reporters and analysts around the world. My name is James Paniki. I'm an MLEX senior editor. Today, we're taking a closer look at what's arguably the biggest story that MLEX is covering at the moment. The US has imposed stricter export controls that are likely to have a ripple effect on China's semiconductor industry, and in particular, it's likely to reverberate in China's merger decisions. Why is that, I hear you ask? What's the link? Well, as we're about to hear, China's merger decisions for the industry are predicated on the need to ensure that domestic supply commitments are maintained. If the US turns the tap on its technology and limits China's access to advanced computing chips, that amounts to serious disruption. All of this has left China's State Administration for Market Regulation, referred to by the acronym SAMA, to review existing remedies and to check out how companies that have already been affected by remedies are coping with the US export bans. There's so much to unpack here, but luckily for us, MLEX's China-based analyst Yang Wei has been keeping an eye on the story, and she joins me now. So Wei, firstly, tell us of this connection between uh, the US export bans on the one hand and China's merger regime on the other. Uh, okay. Uh, on October 7, uh, actually, it was the last day of China's week-long national holidays. Uh, the U.S. issued new expanded restrictions on certain advanced computing and semiconductor-related products. Lawyers noted the new restrictions are among the toughest the U.S. has enacted. Um, actually, it is not new for the U.S. to curb China's high-tech sector, but... Uh, with more intensive measures recently, the new rules just triggered rising anxieties in the sector. Uh, with a enlarged restriction list, companies need to review their current operations to check uh, whether they comply with the rules, and, and that kind of review uh, may lead to a stop supply of certain semiconductor products. And then... Uh, we can also see China's merger control regulator has imposed supply remedies in a number of cases. And then the new U.S. Uh, export controls uh, may jeopardize those provisions. And what about behavioral supply commitments that are popular in Chinese merger review decisions? What role are they likely to play here? Yes, uh, actually, uh, just to take a quick look at recent conditionally approved transactions, uh, by Chinese merger control regulator, which is SAMA, uh, we can also narrow it down to only involving with the deals only involving U.S. buyers. We can find several cases with supply commitments, including AMD's acquisition of Xilinx, Nvidia's takeover of Peer Mellanox Technologies, and the acquisition of Israeli's Obotech by U.S. semiconductor equipment maker KL Tanker. Um, in the remedies, um, the provisions look quite similar with each other. Moreover, because of extraterritorial natural of U.S. export control rules, it's also important for any companies involved indirectly, including non-U.S. companies, to assess the rules' impact on their operations. 
In fact, such Chinese behavioral remedies are quite unique in the world. The phenomenon may be attribute can be attributed to China's own characteristics in its economy, as well as、uh, the strategically important position of the sector itself. Well, for those not familiar with the workings of SAMA,、uh, why have there been so many supply remedies imposed by China's merger control regulator? Um, actually,、uh, I think we're about to look into what's China's position in the semiconductor value chain. China still lags behind the U.S., South Korea, and Taiwan for high-tech chips, and it also relies heavily on foreign companies from the manufacturing equipment to software. Uh, when the companies are making testing and and packaging and even designing chips, in the international labor division, China's part is more for the low end chips. And on the other side, China has a very big ambition to develop its own semiconductor industry,、uh, so as to、uh, it can live on its own. Though it doesn't appear to align with its opening policy, I think, but you can also say that China is forced to do so. But the country is unable to suddenly catch up with the front runners, and then those supply remedies can offer the buffer time for China to develop its own technologies. And it has been commonly seen in the merger review procedures that the regulator often listens to opinions from the industry. Where、uh, the industry can submit request of supply commitment. Okay, now has China's antitrust authority started to interact with these、uh, restrictions imposed by the U.S. and if so, in what way? The answer is yes.、Uh, actually, we heard that evaluating the implications of the U.S. as for controls has been assigned to several government agencies, including. Uh, Sema, the country's top competition agency, Sema is now reviewing existing remedies and checking whether those with supply-related conditions have been impacted by the U.S. export rules. However, it is not immediately clear what the conclusion of Sema's assessment and what what that conclusion lead to. Actually, lawyers also noted. That the supply remedies may not inevitably be impacted by the export control rules, because the U.S. is only targeting advanced technologies. Now, overall, we have seen a bumper year for China's antitrust enforcement in 2021. You and the China team have done a wonderful job in examining all of this in great detail. So, what is next? And I ask that specifically in the light of the 20th National Congress of China's Communist Party, which had been widely expected to send signals of the country's policy direction in coming years. Um. It is quite interesting to find out differences between China's re-elected party leader Xi Jinping's speech, which was delivered in a live speech,、um, and the full-text version of Xi's work report released by Xinhua News Agency, actually ten days later. The issue of antitrust policy skipped in Xi's speech to the Congress, while it is included in the full work report. Uh, we heard various interpretation of this. Among them, some observers noted 
China's antitrust enforcement will step down a little bit from the priority list. Last year, we saw a lot of history-making records. For example, the biggest fine imposed on Alibaba for its exclusionary conditions imposed on on-platform business and unprecedented huge fines in the pharma industry for RPM violations, and the third block of merger things, 2008, and the only veto after 2014 when China blocked the planned PC shipping alliance. Uh, actually, last year we also saw a record-making non-notification penalties. However, this year China is experiencing quite a hard time. During the economic downturn,、uh, policymakers and also enforcers may need to balance the antitrust enforcement and the development of economy, as a lot of China's officials repeatedly said that any regulations serve for the boost of development. On the other hand, anti-monopoly issues were included in Xi's report. And it should be considered as China's reaffirmation for its anti-trust campaign. In addition, China has established a much stronger task force after last year's institutional reform. Another thing is, this week we saw several pieces of summaries of China's anti-trust enforcement achievement in the past years. It just looks like a warm-up for a promotion campaign for the fair competition policy in the next week. Maybe we can also see more clearer signal from that in that. Yang Wei, these are very important developments. Thank you so much for talking to us today and helping us make sense of this story. I really appreciate it. Thank you too. Yang Wei is an MLEX analyst based in China, and her work on the semiconductor issue. As well as a wrap of the National Congress of the Chinese Communist Party and what it means for the policy areas that we cover here at MLEX are now online and ready for you to read and enjoy. Our website address is mlexmarketinsight.com. That's M-L-E-X marketinsight.com. There's a tab on the front page that's called News Hub. That's where you need to be for the very best of MLEX's reporting and analysis. Next Friday, we'll be crossing to our San Francisco bureau for an incredible development in the U.S., where the Department of Justice's Antitrust Division recently ousted seven board members from five companies. Why would they do that? Well, it's all about private equity and interlocking directorates between competitors. It looks like we're starting to get to the business end of the common ownership issue, so that will. Indeed, be a great conversation with Mike Acton next Friday. In addition to that, on Monday of next week, we'll be publishing a special edition of the podcast to mark the release of a new Asia Pacific special report on the regulation of big tech. So, lots of colour and movement at MLEX over the next week. Today's podcast was produced and presented by me, James Paniki. The program was uploaded and distributed by MLEX's marketing team in London, and our executive producer is Richard Thompson. From everyone here at MLEX and LexisNexis, thank you very much for your company. I'll see you again soon. Bye for now.